0: all of you, are you ready for more, right? We're not done, right? Stay plugged in, the Lord has more to say to us, Um, we come alive when he speaks, so um, the word of the Lord needs to just be like. Honored, right? When God speaks, we need to honor the word. Some of you, the Lord has spoken to you. Some of you have given prophetic words. Hopefully, some of you will continue to give prophetic words to others. When God speaks to us, He's releasing life to us, He's releasing promise, inheritance. And so, Father, we just ask today that you would send your word that would find a good place in our heart and produce good fruit. Do not let other seed be sown into my heart today, but sow your seed into my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to continue on this Pharisee thing. Um, I can't I can't get away from it. It keeps me up at night as well um, when I continue to see things uh, in my life. And the Lord's like, you are a Pharisee. I'm like, oh, no, I'm not. I'm not a Pharisee. I'm not a Pharisee. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. And I can scream and throw a fit all I want. And, and then I prove, <laughs> prove another way. Oh, there's more. There's more for him to deal with. And... Again, this is really important to, to say off the top. Um, it's not wise and healthy for us to look internally to find something wrong with us. It's not, it's, it's not biblical for us to, to um, search our own heart. Like, well, kind of. It's semantics, right? No, Holy Spirit searches us. Like, what, how would I even know what I'm looking for? I can ask him to help me to search my heart, but I can't go and search my own heart because I'll always come out looking really good on that one. (laughs) Even when I'm being mean to myself, it's still rosier than it really should be, (laughs) right? Um, And so we need to let Holy Spirit search us And when God brings something up, when God brings something to the surface, whether it's him speaking to us, whether we get it from his word, or a friend calls us out and says, hey, uh, you're you're acting strange. Are you okay? That's the voice of the Lord saying, hey, I'm bringing something to your attention. Those are times where we're like, okay, let's go there. And the Lord's bringing this to my attention. He's bringing up these religious thoughts and things that are inside of us. And I want to talk about the Pharisees' biggest problem today. They typically started everything from this position. I would never have done that. I would never do what they're doing. I wouldn't drive the way that idiot drives. That's me. I wouldn't parent my kids the way they're parenting their kids. I wouldn't have built it that way. I wouldn't have done it that way. I wouldn't have cooked it that way. Like, the Pharisees had this, and this is me. oh, my gosh. Oh, your disciples, they don't even wash their hands when they eat. I never would have done that. Oh, you if you knew, if you really were a prophet, you would know that that woman is not a good woman, and you shouldn't let her touch you. I would never let a woman like that touch me. Why are you wasting perfume? I would never waste it. I would give it away to the poor. They always have better ideas to do with your sacrifice. Oh, they could have done a whole lot more with that sacrifice. I got better ideas. If I owned that business, I would run it like this. No, we wouldn't. That's a Pharisee mindset. You're like, oh, see how the Lord's bringing it home? It's there. Well, I would never heal on the Sabbath. Jesus, you know that's against the law. You're right. You would never heal anyone on any day. (laughs) And then he's like, you wouldn't even help someone on the Sabbath. He's like, but if you were on your way somewhere and your, and your donkey got caught in the mud, wouldn't you help the donkey and pull it out even on the Sabbath? He's like, that's what I'm doing here. And so they had this mentality of, I would never do what they do. I would never think what they think. It's always comparison. Always, and they always look better. And they would always use scenarios where they worked out. And, and he's right, he's like, yeah, you're right. You, you have all these rules. And you keep the insignificant ones. Yeah, you do. But the weightier things of the kingdom, you don't do those things. And not only do you not do them, you you cause other people to not do them because of your attitude. Oh, everybody okay? See, this, this is the posture. I would never do what they do. This is the attitude of someone who thinks they're the ruler. What's the old song, Tears for Fears? Everybody wants to rule the world. That's the attitude of a Pharisee. I want to rule the world. I want everyone to play by my rules. I want to rule myself. I want to be the ruler of me. And then I want everyone else to live up to my rules. And if you don't live up to my rules, I put a mark in my book on your name. Because I would, I would never, I would never lose my temper and yell at my kids. My kids. No, we just got really good at hiding where we yell at our kids, right? You all okay? Today we're going to talk about lordship. And in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, right? How many remember the story? We talk about it a lot. It's kind of a big deal in Christian faith. This is where it all started. Adam and Eve are in the garden. They can do anything they want in the garden, right? There's no boundaries except for what? One. One rule. Like, people that would like to say that, man, oh, God is just oppressive. He creates this paradise and then only makes one rule. He's so oppressive. You can do anything you want, but only one thing you can't do. And that's the one thing we want to do. Why? Because we don't want someone telling us what to do. Because we want to be the ruler. I love... There's a book that talks a whole lot about this by Danny Silk called Unpunishable, you can read it. Um, It came out two or three years ago. And in there he's he's saying, the reason that God made one rule is to establish the fact that he was the ruler. Because he's the one that made the rule. If there were no rules, there would be no ruler. But there was one rule, which is awesome by the way, it's just one, and it was made so that it was communicated, I'm the ruler because I made the rule. But Adam and Eve thought it sounded a lot more attractive from the other being on the planet that wanted to be the ruler. Who wanted to be like God. And he told them a lie and says, oh, if you do eat of that, you'll be just like God. Well, they were already like God, right? He's like, you'll know good from evil. No, what, what, what really happened was your eyes will be opened and you will think that you're the ruler now. Because you broke the one rule. And the Pharisee spirit is, it flourishes from this mindset. I can make the rules up for my life. And I can hold everyone else to rules based on my rules. There's one ruler, everyone. And it's God. Like, I'm not the ruler of of me. I need God's help to rule me. Are y'all okay? Eating the fruit changed their perception. And no longer did they see everything from God's eyes, they began to see everything from the serpent's perspective, which was skewed. And from then on, man has struggled with the, the serpent's perception in that someone's trying to control you. Someone's trying to ruin your fun. Someone's trying to make you a sheep. Someone's trying to conform you, constrict you, water you down. Don't let anyone water you down. Don't let anything restrict you. You're free to do whatever you want to do, right? That is the mindset of the enemy. Amen? What's up, buddy? That is the serpent's perspective. Anyone who tries to tell me what to do is trying to control me, and I'm the ruler, not them, not God, not anyone. I'm the ruler, and that is a dangerous way for us to live. They didn't just learn good from evil. They didn't just learn they were naked. They didn't just learn that they just messed it all up they all of a sudden begin to believe that they could be their own ruler. Is that us? I want to make up the rules. What makes us feel like we're the ruler of our own lives? What makes us feel like we have any measure of control? Now... (laughs) I don't see God as someone who wants to control us. I see him as someone who wants to work with us toward our best outcomes. If God wanted to control us, then, then they never would have eaten of the tree in the garden because God would not have allowed it. He wouldn't have. He would have stopped them. Just like he stopped them from going back in the garden after they ate of it, he would have put angels around that tree and says, yeah, y'all, you can try all you want, you're not getting to the tree. It's like what we do with our kids. Like, all right, you can, you can try to do all these different things, but you'll never get there because I'm making sure you can't get there. God didn't do that. He put the tree in the middle of the garden, in the middle of all their freedom and their fun, put it right there and says, yeah, you could do whatever you want, but there's just one rule because I'm the ruler and here's the one rule. Don't eat of that one tree. And they did. And from then on, we've all struggled with this thing. Like, we want to feel like we're the ruler, like we're the one in control, like we're the one that's rich, that we're out of need. <sighs> Y'all okay? Let's go to Mark chapter 10 and read about one of these stories. I'm gonna to talk just for a few minutes about it, and we're gonna ask Holy Spirit to... Huh to drive out the pride and the arrogance, the rebellion. Right, all right, Mark 10, verse 17. Now, as Jesus was going out on the road, someone came running and knelt before him, and he asked, hey, good teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, well, why do you call me good? There's no one good except for God. God. And you know the commandments, right? He's like making sure, like, where are we? You know the commandments? He's like, yeah, I know the commandments. Like, yeah, don't commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Don't bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your mother and father. And the man answered him and says, yes, teacher, I know these things that I've kept them all since I was a young child. I'm doing great. He starts feeling good about himself, right? "I, I made the list. Like, I'm doing those things. Awesome. And then Jesus looked at him and he said, one thing you lack, though, go your way and sell everything that you have and give it all to the poor, and you will be given treasure in heaven, and then come and take up your cross and follow me, and immediately the mood shifted, and the Bible says that he was sad, he was disturbed, he was discouraged, he was depressed, Was your word, your Bible say, Anyone? He was, he was distressed, sorrowful. He went away sorrowful because he was a, a man of great possessions. <laughs> this was a deal of, this was a, this is a story about rulership. It wasn't about having money or not having money. It wasn't about being wealthy or not being wealthy. It was about What level of authority over your own life makes you feel like you don't need me as your savior? Whatever that thing is, that's what I want you to give me so that you can have eternal life. Y'all track with me, okay? What makes us feel insulated from our need from God? Is it everyone in the house is not, no one got COVID? Okay, good, I don't need God. No one got COVID, I feel safe. Everyone's healthy. Good. Oh, but man, if, if someone gets a sniffle, oh, I need God. Uh-oh, I might need to surrender something there. You all okay? Let's keep going. What level of comfort do I need to experience so that I don't feel like I'm in need? What, what amount of zeros on your paycheck do you need to where you're like, I got this, God. I got it. Oh, just one more zero, and I, I got it. I got it under control, a little more in the 401k and a little more in the savings, a little less debt, a car paid off, we got a brand new AC on the house, shoo, thank God that's going to be good for 10 years maybe if we're lucky, 10 or 15, like, right, okay, I'm good, what level of authority over our own lives, rule over our own lives insulates us from the fact that we're desperately need of God? This is what happened to the rich young ruler. He came to Jesus saying, I want eternal life. How do I get it? Jesus is like, are you obeying the law? Yeah, I'm doing all that. Okay, sell all your riches. Oh, the one thing. The one thing. You could ask me, like, I bet if if this was us, we would have been like... What else could I give you? (laughs) Like, sometimes I have a really bad attitude. Can I give you my attitude? Sometimes I cuss a little bit. Can I give you my tongue? Like, what's the deal? What can I give you? It's like, no, 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 I want that thing that makes you feel like you're the ruler of your life. You give me that and let me be ruler and you will have treasures in heaven. What amount of job security makes us feel like, we're okay. What amount of fr- How many friendships, how many friends do we need to where we feel like, man, I'm, I'm not lonely or in need. I got all the friends in the world. Everyone loves me. Everyone cares for me. It's so awesome right now, right? What amount of relationships, what amount of influence do I have access to? This is what I've been thinking about for, for a while for me. Like, there are people in my life, I may not be wealthy, but there are people in my life that know how to get stuff done. And that makes you feel wealthy. Because you're like, I got friends that can do stuff. They have influence. What amount of people like that in our life makes us feel like, well, we can make this happen. We don't really need God. What amount of favor with the company? What amount of favor with the city? What amount of favor with our neighbors? What about these things makes us feel like we don't need Jesus? And Jesus just said, you need to get rid of whatever makes you feel like you're the ruler. And I hear the Lord saying that to us today. As Pharisee mindset, most of us mindset people, what makes me feel like I'm okay? And he went away discouraged. He went away not willing to change his heart. See, if he was willing to change his heart, he wouldn't have went away discouraged But because he already decided, no, I'm staying ruler. I'm staying the boss. It depressed him. Because even all of his wealth and his money couldn't buy him the one thing. Even all of his property and riches couldn't get him the thing he asked for, although it could if he surrendered it. You see that? That thing that makes us feel secure can't get us real security, except when we surrender it. (laughs) Say it again. That control that we have can't control our lives, except when we surrender control. When it's in my hands, it's ineffective. You all okay? He didn't want to stop making up the rules, so he left upset, and the rest of the story goes like this. <laughs> Jesus is like, it's really hard for a rich person to get saved. He didn't say it couldn't happen. He says it's difficult. Why? Because rich is, it's, it's evil to be rich. No, it's not evil to be rich. It's evil to think that anything can make me not need God. You have it on both ends of the spectrum. It's an entitlement mentality. Wealthy people have an entitlement because we're like, well, we can get whatever we want because we've got money. And then you've got the other end of the spectrum where people that with a poverty mindset, well, I'm entitled to something because I don't have something. It's the same thing. It's just two ugly ends of the spectrum. And in this, he decides that, you know what? I don't want it. Jesus tells him, hey, it's really hard it's it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to go to heaven. Not because of the riches, but because riches are deceitful. It makes us think we don't need need anything. So then here's what the disciples said to Jesus. They watch this and they're probably like, like, if a rich person can't get to heaven, <laughs> how are we gonna get there? Like, they can't earn it. They can't buy it. They can't maneuver it. They can't resource themselves. They're like, what hope is there for us, right? And then the disciples looked at Jesus and said, Well, who can be saved? Like, who who can be saved? Like, if they can't. And Jesus makes this amazing statement He says, With men, it is impossible. But with God, everyone say, With God, with God, all things are possible. So we'll just close it up. The Pharisee mindset flourishes when we think we can rule ourselves without God. I really hope that, like, that we can deal with this today so we can just move on a little bit, right? Like, because I feel like this is a really sneaky, subtle thing that comes into, into the heart of believers. Like, well, I've been around this for a while, or we get a little bit of success, or we get a little bit of you know, financial breakthrough, or whatever it, whatever it is. And then we, we're like, oh, okay, good. I got this. No, we don't. We really don't have it, and this isn't to make us feel bad about ourselves or make us feel like we're nothing, because that's wrong, too. Like, going to that end of the spectrum and beating ourselves up and be like, oh, we're worthless, that's a lie, too. They're both lies. The truth is, whether I'm horrible or whether I think I'm awesome, I need Jesus to rule my life, period. I need him to be the Lord of my life. We've hit this so many times, but it's the Apostle Paul. I know what it means to be wealthy. I know what it means to be poor and shipwrecked and beaten. And guess what? I can do all things through Christ. Either one. If, if he wants me to be poor and no one likes me and I'm all by myself eating worms, right? Then I can do that because he's with me. And if I'm wealthy and I'm standing before kings and I have influence with cities, I also need him there too. Because I can't do either one on my own. I need Jesus. And to me, that is the root of breaking the religious spirit. It's It's the thought that comes in and says, I can handle this. I can rule me. And I know that this is, we've done our best in Western cultures to create a society that says, yes, you rule yourself. That's the best type of earthly government there is. Listen to me. The best type of earthly government is that man rules themselves, not kings and queens. Y'all, do you all agree? Like, yeah, that that should be, like, we're American. We should be able to rule ourselves. That's the best form of earthly government. It's the closest relation to heaven. But the problem that comes with that is we get a little bit independent, and we bring it into the church, and we mix it with our gospel, and we're we're not independent this isn't an independent gospel. Jesus didn't die on the cross to make us independent. He didn't die on the cross so that we could become the ruler. He died on the cross so we could recognize our need for him. So that we could recognize the areas that we have not surrendered to him. The areas that makes us feel like, "Oh, if you would have just asked for anything else, I would I'm willing to make a deal today. I'm mean, here I came here to make a deal, but not that." Whatever that thing is, the Lord wants that from us today. And I feel like this is, a, I, I, feel like this is a message you you have to take away from here, and let the Holy Spirit talk with you. Are there ways where, you're like, well, I would never do that. That's the easiest way to spot this this thing that I'm talking about. I would never do that. I would never talk to my wife that way. I would never treat someone like that. It's just the easiest way to spot it. When we hear those things or those attitudes come up in our heart, be careful. They're coming from this place. I think I'm the ruler. I think I've got it. I'm the man. I'm the man, I'm the man, I'm the man. So what's the cure? Surrender. Complete surrender. Surrender. God is not opposed to you having stuff and being powerful. Hello? He's not opposed to, like, if you want to be the mayor of the city and have authority and power, go for it. He's not opposed to any of that. As long as we know, I couldn't do this on my own. I just, I couldn't. I'm not that smart. I'm not that good. I'm not that charming. I need Him. So Holy Spirit, what you stand? we're going we're gonna to close it out. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come. And I know I've, I' felt truth in what you're saying in this message. I know that you're dealing with this, this Pharisee thing. And I, you know, I feel like told, told, friend, we're circling something here. I know we are. And I, I think that, that when we land into what you're circling, there's going to be such freedom, just such freedom that comes. So Holy Spirit, search us. Would you just ask the Holy Spirit to come and search? Search my heart. Am I a rebel? Am I the ruler? You want to know something funny? You know what my name, Jared, means? It means ruler. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Oh, do I think I'm the ruler? Holy Spirit, search What's my one thing that I, that's off limits? Whoa, that thing makes me feel so safe, though. It can't bring safety until it's surrendered. All right, so here's how we'll close it out. If you felt the Holy Spirit convict, this is an altar. Like, we have to make the altar a big deal, a big part of our lives. I'm gonna invite you to the front. So if you felt the Holy Spirit convict and say hey uh, you're you're trying to be ruler here ruler there come on to the front i'm i'm already up here so i'm the first i jumped up here i'm first so, and then we're just going to confess and then we're going to surrender like it's it's really really simple we're going to confess and then we're going to surrender yeah just pray a prayer of surrender to him yeah Come. Convicting Holy Spirit come. Jesus, be the ruler of our lives. Come on. Jesus, be Lord. We bring everything we have. Come on. This isn't about emptying yourself out. It's about bringing what you do have and giving it to him. Emptying ourselves out is foolish. We bring it to him. Hmm. Let him sort it all out. on your throne in my heart. There's that warning comes in my, comes to mind. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord. It's got to be a heart thing. Jesus had a ruler he only did what he saw his father do he only said what he heard his father say complete surrender to to God his father Jesus was in complete surrender he even says this the son of man can do nothing on his own like Jesus knew that he lived this Philippians even says that he humbled himself as a servant like, even though he could say that equality with God was something he deserved or he had attained, he didn't consider it that, it that way, and he humbled himself, and he surrendered. And what's that song, if Jesus did this, then so will I? <laughs> if Jesus surrendered, lived in surrender, so will I. Who do I think I am? Come on, yeah? Hmm. We crucify the flesh right now. We crucify our attitudes, our opinions. (laughs) Yeah, Jesus. Father, we come to you now and we know you've spoken to us. So we ask that you will continue the, the conversation. <laughs> continue it into a more open. <sighs> I'm just going to pray what I feel, okay? Continue this conversation into a more appropriate place of secrecy and to a place of, of more honesty. Let's be, take us, Father, into a, a conversation of true honesty with ourselves. I pray that this was the start of something here in the room. There was a turning point in my young adult life where I was listening to a radio program and it's interesting it was Dr. Laura I needed some healing <laughs> and um, she said some horses run better with bridles I have never forgotten that and I felt like I was a wild horse just do whatever I want I was a ruler and I felt like the Lord said I just want to bridle you Bridle that energy, point it in a better direction. I feel like the Lord's going to do that for someone. Like there's, there's a bridal coming. It's not going to be painful or oppressive. It's going to be freeing. You're going to find your true identity. Father, we give you permission to wreck our world nothing's off limits. Would you pray that with me? Father, nothing's off limits. Nothing is off limits. Hmm. If you want prayer for anything, we'll meet you here at the front. Continue this conversation, please. Be raw, be real. you. We bless you. Thank you for being here. If you need prayer, we'll meet you here at the front. May Jesus go with you. Come on. Amen. Be blessed.